0: Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com. Giants reporter. If you listen very closely, you can hear that sound. It almost sounds like footsteps. Footsteps because those are the footsteps of the NFL draft, inching closer and closer. And in less than two weeks, it's finally going to be here. Giants picking 11th overall. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. We'll have Jeremy Fowler as well. ESPN NFL reporter. And then later on, we'll do a little Jordan on the beat. I'll give you the inside story of the Giants' interest in the 2007 NFL draft in Patrick Mahomes. So that'll be fun to go through that or maybe painful, however you want to look at it. Anyway, we've got the Giants picking at number 11. Big big pick for this organization because they have some holes to fill. And I was trying to think about it. Okay, what are the biggest needs of this team entering the draft, right? Uh, They could use, number one, and it's not even close. It's It's edge rusher. Seriously, think about it. Not even close. What else? Like, yes, they need offensive line help, interior offensive line in particular, probably. But, I mean, they did just draft two guys on the edge in regards to offensive line at tackle. So you have to at least give them a shot. Like you're not saying we need a a left tackle and we need one now. No, like they're going to ride with Andrew Thomas. They want to give Matt Parrott a chance and they have Nate soldier. there just as insurance, just in case Matt Parrott either isn't good or isn't ready. So it's not really the edge. It's the interior offensive line with Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez. Are they both legitimate starters in the NFL? There's clearly that could be debated. Uh, they can upgrade at one of those positions, or at least add depth for sure on the interior. You know, Zach Fulton's there too, started last year or past few years for the Texans, but definitely could use some, some reinforcements there. Now, the Giants could also use an inside linebacker, although I don't know if that's at the top of the list. They have Blake Martinez, really good player. And next to him right now, they have Tay Crowder, promising for, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the draft last year. But also, is he really an NFL starting caliber player? Do you want him starting? I know they signed Reggie Raglan this offseason, so he's uh, sort of veteran insurance. But they could use a guy in there, no doubt. They could use some running back depth. I know they, they have Saquon, obviously. They signed Devonta Booker. But there's definitely room... For a young running back. Another weapon is certainly something the Giants could use. Uh, wide receiver, John Ross is just a flyer, right? They did sign Kenny Galladay and they have Sterling Shepard and, and Darius Slayton. Uh, so they're pretty good there, but could always use more in that regard. You can always uh the tight end position, they're pretty they're pretty stacked at right now, but Evan Ingram, what's what's his future? Right? He's in his 50-year option. He might not be on the roster next year. Uh, Kyle Rudolph was just signed. He's not exactly a long-term. Like, where's two, three years down the line, are any of these tight ends even on the roster? So if they went in that direction, I wouldn't say it's crazy. I wouldn't say it's a need. But another weapon would be nice for Daniel Jones. We're not even going to get into quarterback, but we will say cornerback. At this point, the Giants have two quality starters after signing Adoree Jackson and James Bradbury in subsequent years, but, I mean, do they have another guy that really they want to start a throw out there as a starter? I mean, it's a legitimate, legitimate question. You could definitely use some depth there. The Giants' cornerback position was in bad spot before they signed to Dory Jackson. Now it looks stronger, but still, you can never have enough good cornerbacks in this league. It is a tough position to fill. So, these are their needs entering the draft. But when you talk about number one, After what happened in free agency, it's not even close. It's edge rusher. So I've been doing a lot of work on these edge rushers. Let me give you a little insight into what I found, okay? Pay. You hear a lot of good things about him. A lot of people like him. Uh, Produced at Michigan. Not huge production, but played pretty well at Michigan. And athletically, I mean, top of the line. Like, freakish almost. In a good way. I mean... You you look at Quiddy Pay and you look at what do he run a four five two at two hundred sixty pounds, that's pretty darn good. That's fast. That's quick. There's a, a legendary three cone drill. So a lot of people like him. That's out there about him. I mean, the, the, his three cone drill. Uh, I mean, he didn't run it at his pro day, which kind of makes me wonder why. I'm kind of curious about that. I would love to hear his explanation at some point of why. But uh, there's a former running back. I believe from he's from New Hampshire. Who's was, you know, he he idolized, actually, because he, he was a bigger running back, was uh, um, Brandon Jacobs was the kind of guy he modeled himself after. But, so he can clearly run. Ran this drill, I guess, at Michigan. I don't know what it was, but at Michigan, at some point, there's video of it if you search it out there. Quiddy Pay, legendary three-cone drill. And he's running a three-cone drill. He looks great. And supposedly the time... Forget what it was. Forget what the exact number was, but faster than Tyree killed at the three, the three cone drill, which seems unrealistic. But regardless, I don't care what it was. It was. I'm sure it was fast, and he looked fast. I mean, you look at it. You look the way he ran it. The agility. His agility, and I think, uh, I think it was Matt Miller, our ESPN analyst, told me his agility was going to be off the charts, and teams were going to be falling in love with that as bro day, and you could see why. So. He's a player that a lot of teams like. But now when I ask around, it's kind of split. What edge rusher, who's the best edge rusher out there? The top two answers are Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips. Now, Jalen Phillips from Miami, and I've talked to some people that really like him. They think he's a, a he could be, is, and will be the best pass rusher in this group. But he has some injury concerns, some concussions. That's the, the one mark about him. I mean, I, the, the Giants also. I mean, these are... These are guys that are right up there for them. And then we talked about him last week, Zizo Ojolari, another guy. When I talk about him and I ask people, I said, well, tell me about him. What what makes him, you know, a possibility for the Giants? Maybe at 11, but probably even probably later. Because most people don't think he's worth the 11th pick. But probably the middle of the first round to teens, 20, somewhere around there. So maybe they move back and get him. If they do, that would be the most likely scenario. Is that he has that flexibility positional flexibility to use in a bunch of different roles so you know he can drop back and cover if need be he can be used with his hand down he could be used with his hand on the ground a uh, hand on the ground standing up uh inside even a little bit he's had some success uh running those te uh stunts with Leonard Williams, he's kind of fit for that, which is what the Giants like to do on defense. Like, he's made to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. There's some questions about whether Pay, because Quiddy Pay played 4-3 defensive end. So it's a little bit of a, it's a projection to project him as an outside linebacker. Now, he has that athleticism that people think he could do it. So, out of the five votes I got for top edge rusher so far, two are for Phillips, two are for Pay. And one was for Ojulari. Three players I know the Giants think pretty highly of. So, if they draft a guy at eleven, it would be out of one of those three. If they traded back a little bit, you know, still might be those guys. Now I don't know where Phillips uh, the, the whole concussion thing, and you know his past and the injury history that kind of muddles that situation. I think personally, if that he didn't have that background talking to people the way from what I've heard. He would be the first edge guy off the board if that didn't exist. But it does. It does exist. So it creates some questions out there about those guys. Now, some other guys you talk to, uh, Greg Rousseau, right? He's a guy, Gregory Rousseau, another Miami guy, was a big name, had a lot of sacks two years ago, opted out this past season. You talk to people out there, and they just don't seem to be as high on him as maybe people were before this process started. Like he was perceived going into the season and everything, that I, and I don't think the NFL kind of viewed him that way. When they went back and they looked at the tape, you saw a lot of his sacks were uh, quarterbacks holding onto the ball a little bit too long, um, coverage a little bit, just sort of like effort plays. So really good player, long. Like There's a lot to like there, but probably needed to take his game to the next level this year in order to be... The guy that he was being made out to be as, you know, the top top edge rusher in this draft. And that's kind of why there's a possibility Rousseau lasts until the bottom of the first round, maybe even slides into the second round. I don't think that's a crazy thought at this point. I really don't. Although, I think the way this is going to turn out, and this is what the Giants have to consider, there's not going to be any edge rushers in the top 10 picks. So around the 15 to 20 range, you'll see some start going off the board. And there'll be a bunch of guys that go between like, fifteen and and thirty-two. Let's say, you know. So you got Phillips, Pei, Jalen Collins, Ojolari, Rousseau, uh, Joey Tryon. Uh, all these guys, I think, are sort of in that range. Jason Owa, uh, Carlos Basham. So all these guys are pro- are going to be probably top fifty so I just named how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, you know what? You know who else I didn't even include? Uh, where is he on my list? Oh, Zayvon Collins, depending on how you look at him. Not a natural edge kind of guy, but really an outside linebacker. A lot of teams like him, actually. Uh, he'll go. He's going to go in the first round, it seems like, as well. So that's about nine guys. So nine guys in, like, the top 50-ish picks. It's a lot. None in the top 10 but nine in the top 50. So that creates a scenario where the giants have to make a decision. Can we wait till the second round? Do we get the guy we want in the second round? Do we have to move back? Do we have to take one at 11? My preference. And I think I've stated this before is the way it's the draft is set up for the giants. Unless somebody falls. And we'll talk about that in a second. It's probably from these three guys of Devonta Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle, or, uh, Rashawn Slater, and they Giants have them ranked in their top five players, and they're there at 11. Then I get it. You got to snap, go grab that guy, don't look back. But if they have, you know, let's say Waddle's the guy who makes it to them, they have him at like the t- 10th ranked player, uh, and they have like, you know, Ogilari pretty high, let's say at like 13. They want to move back a couple spots to try and get Ogilari and go back to like 15, 16th pick and try and get Ojalari later, or Phillips, or wh- whoever their guy is. I think that's the way to handle this draft. That, to me, seems like the best value for the Giants in this draft. Get back a few spots, get that edge rusher, and move on. Now, if they wait till, what do they pick? Uh, they pick 42. You wait till 42, who's to say that one of your top edge rushers is still there? Unless you have, you know... Like I said, eight or nine guys might go in the top 50. Unless you have, unless you like all eight or nine of those guys, which is unlikely, some of them might not be a fit for their system. Some of them might have an injury history that the Giants cross them off. So it's a lot, it's a risk. It's a risk to wait until that second round. Or if you want to trade up, and I don't think this is the move for the Giants because I think they need more draft capital. To choose their second round pick and trade and move back into the first round and at least give up another pick. Like you're willing to give up your third or fourth rounder? To get back into the end of the first round. Then the Giants will only have really three picks in the first five rounds. I don't think that's the route for this team. I don't think that's the right move for this team at this time. They're not like on the verge of winning still. They need to take more cracks at it. They need more shots at it. So I'd actually like to add an extra pick in these first four rounds. By moving back from 11 to let's say 18. You gain a pick in the first four rounds by doing that. And then you get your edge rusher there. Now here's the dilemmas, okay? I I I created some scenarios. Let's say it's Smith, Jalen, John Jalen, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith are still on the board when the Giants pick eleven. Who I'll go? Who would the Giants pick? Okay, that's what we'll do here. Who will the Giants pick? I'll pretend I'm the Giants and give you give you my best guess. Guesstimate. Okay, you got Jalen Waddle. Or Devonta Smith. I think in this case, from what I'm hearing, the Giants. This is a tough one. I just hear good things about Devonta Smith. It makes me feel like he's the kind of weapon. Like forget the size for a second. And I know it's. I know it's. It's hard to do that. I, for, I'm just. I just think that's the way they would go. I, I just think that they think he's the better player. He went out there this year and showed he was the better player. Waddle is the better athlete. Smith. I believe they think is the better player. Uh, The other scenarios I created. Okay. So now we did Smith over Waddle. So Devonta Smith or Rashawn Slater on the board. Now Slater, it's debatable. It depends who you're talking to around the league of who people think is the best offensive lineman in in the draft. It's either for the most part, at least at tackle or offensive lineman in general, Uh, Penn, I Sewell or Rashawn Slater. So, He's thought of very highly, Slater. And I just think, look, Dave Gettleman, offensive line, the Giants have questions there. They could find a spot for a good offensive line, whether it's tackle, whether it's guard, whatever it may be. They could use him. If if it's a top-end player, you take him and you improve that line, you have pretty good weapons, and they're probably in pretty good shape. So I do think when push comes to shove there, the Giants will go with Slater. That's because they signed Kenny Galladay, by the way. Probably close on the board, Patrick Sertain or any of the edges. I think the Giants would go with the edges. I do, I do. I don't think there's going to be that big a difference between Sertain on the board and the edges. And now the edges. When I talk about them, let's say, all right, start with Phil. Uh, we'll start with Quiddy Pay against Ojolari. Okay, Aziz Ojolari. Ah, tough one. I hear a lot of positives with the Giants with Ojolari, Quiddy Pay little bit of a projection. I'm going to say for what the Giants are doing, the, and, and I know the Giants like both players, that they're going to go with Ojalari in this case because he fits what they do better. That they're probably close on their board. I'm off, obviously guessing on that part. But that they're closer, close enough on the board where they like the guy who fits them better. And I think that's Ojalari in this case. So then you put Phillips up against Ojalari And here's the, here's the one. Here's the thing. And we'll end on this and get to Jeremy Fowler in a second. If Phillips checks out completely for the Giants, injury history and everything, I think he would be the pick over O'Gillari or pay. So I picked O'Gillari over pay. Now I'm going Phillips, Jalen Phillips from Miami. Best pass rusher in this draft for most, from majority of the people I talk to. If, and it's a big if at this point, but I think it's possible that he checks out and then they go with him over Ogilary, if that were the case. And then, if you have Phillips against Patrick Sertan, I think they would, and, and again, Phillips checks out. Big if, but they would go with Phillips, who, as one person told me, you know, beast. That's what they said of Phillips as a pass rusher. Like, straight pass rushing. That's, he, filling that box of getting after the quarterback off the edge. He's the best option out there in this draft. And with that, on to the next one.
1: So you can sell more, raise more, and fast track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall.
0: All right, let's bring in my uh my basketball partner down at the Combine. You know, he's got that, that sw- sweet little lefty jump shot, Tony Tony Coach style. When you look at him now on TV, you're going to see what I'm talking about. You, you could see that You're that lefty. You got that tall, skinny look. Jeremy Fowler, who of course is a expert NFL mind, uh, he as he told me before, he nailed the Kenny Galladay as his one of one of his lone free agent hits. So yes. I'm going to consider you a Giants expert, Jeremy. All right, you got is, is that all right with you?
2: That's right. That feels good. That feels good. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that around my house all day to my family. Your, your jumper is also giant.
0: sweet. I mean, Tony Kukoc had a sweet looking jumper.
2: Hey man, I just run the pick and roll and get you the ball and get out of the way.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> Set is, picks for Doherty. That's not what happens that's, by the way at all. I stand in the corner. <laughs> I'm I'm the corner guy, especially especially hey in man, this competitive game.
2: Corner guy makes a good living now. You just hit hit the open shot.
0: I know. Shoot I, three all day. I did not shoot like uh you know some of these. Steph Curry or or Kyle Korver likes it just stood in the corner. and Never had never had to do anything. That's, <laughs> it's not, not my role. Anyway, awesome. let's let's get to some good stuff here. We got we got, you know, the draft right around the corner here. But first, let's let's just recap free agency. Right. You talk to a lot of people around the league. I'm curious because I was getting a, a I mean, the second they signed a Dory Jackson. Yeah. I got a ton of texts being like, what are they doing? That is huge yeah. money. And the Galladay deal too surprised a lot of people, not that they signed him, but that ultimately considering where the market was at, that he got that money. So I'm curious, what what did you hear when the Giants made those two moves? Yeah, that
2: I, the, the Jackson one was shocking because you talk to uh, people around the league and, and I heard this from multiple people. They said, look, just, they should have traded for him, give up a seventh round pick or sixth round pick from Tennessee. And you just take on his option year of one year and 10 million or whatever it was. Um, you know, at least that's a little bit of a cheaper of a flyer than giving him what did they give him 16 over year one, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot, a lot of money, man. They could have they could have saved themselves some money by basically just paying to give up or, uh, you know, taking on money to give up a, a late round pick because Tennessee would have taken that. So, uh, but that's, that's easier said than done when maybe they didn't know what Tennessee was doing or if they were going to cut them. Uh, I Philly was interested and I think they were uh, applying some pressure there. So maybe they had some NFC East gamesmanship and oh, yeah. the Giants felt like they had to close that deal.
0: That happened. Yeah, that uh, they the were, lot. they were in it until probably reached double digits.
2: Right. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of good corners out there right now, you know, guys, I mean, they're older, but guys like Steven Nelson or uh, um, Casey Hayward, or like, I mean, man, you just didn't have to pay that kind of money. But that age uh, is a big I'm,
0: thing for the Giants. They're trying to build something here. I think that they didn't expect sure. a player that they liked that was 25 years old and that they thought could be here for, you know, for three, four years, not for sure. three, four years, three years. Like the foot, they really expect him to be, uh, you know, fulfill that contract. <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. But he, you know, he's he got speed. He's got first round pedigree. So that weighs a lot. That costs more for sure. But um, he didn't play all that well last year and he was hurt for most of it. So I don't know. I, it's it's a questionable move at best. it You know, it, look, if he regains his form, uh, maybe it ends up being a pretty cheap deal. And that's good. Uh, the Galladay yeah, thing. Smart was, if that happens. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, you know, the Galladay thing, uh, I, I'm man, I, I'm still shocked he got his money because that's he basically got the same offer that the Detroit offered and going into free agency, it wasn't looking good. And everybody's talking about like how Gallaudet screwed it up, you know, and he was gonna have to settle for 13, 14 million. And then the final numbers come in and he hit a home run, you know, I, you know, he, he obviously had some leverage, few teams interested. And and really he's, you know, he, he's looked upon as if not a top 10 receiver, probably 11, you know, he's, he's legit. I mean, there's not many better as far as a contested catch than him. He doesn't have that speed, but you know, you're paying for what he can do in the red zone. You know, I think the Giants are just sick of field goals, you know, so you got to, he's a guy that you can just throw it up to.
0: Yeah. 31st in the league in scoring that that'll do it to you. You know, I mean, the, the only, yeah. only the Jets scored less. I mean, that's like my go-to stat this, this off when I talk about the Giants offense, <laughs> It's just, that's, that's where they were. I mean, yeah. and now they add Saquon and Galladay, obviously you're a significantly better team when you add those two guys. I mean, you're just so much better.
2: Yeah, they, they just right. I just feel like they needed a piece to put him over the top, you know, like Darius Slayton, um, you know, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepherd are all good options, but they're they're not number ones. You know, you just needed that guy you can go to in a crucial moment. And, and that, that became pretty clear, you know, so I, I think it's hard to knock the move despite what you paid when you consider all that.
0: Giants fans are going to hate you when I say this, but like when you say Evan Ingram, I always think, I know I've had this conversation with you before. You're higher on Evan Ingram than most, especially every giant fan. I'll tell you right now.
2: (laughs) I know I am. I, I, will have to take that loss too, but I I think of the Evan um, Ingram
0: fan club right here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. But you know, I, I did, um, when I was doing this project over the summer, like I was ranking players one to 10. And I just had a few coaches. I really trust, you know, I talked to these, I have these coaches rank and, and some these, some of these coaches just like love this guy. And they sold me on them. Um, They just said, watch his route running, watch how smooth he is. And it, it, if you just watch that, it's true, but um, there's more to it than that. It, it comes down to production and, you know, not dropping the ball and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take worry. that loss. Don't worry, I'll take don't worry. I'm
0: on the I'm on the boat with you. I think my bold prediction for this year was like, you know, Evan Ingram's going to break out. Like I, I've done it like every year now. Like he, he's like one of those guys that you know, the, the talent like just entices you. You just you just want to yeah. dream and yeah. it's just not coming fully together, but you just refuse to believe that it's not going to. But you know, so we're we're on that boat. I mean, we might as well go down and keep going that. We're already there. <laughs> So, like, you know, okay. when I'm when I'm thinking of like my bull predictions for this year, I'm definitely going to go in on Evan Ingram again. Like, I'm just
2: going to yeah, keep. We're going. going- we're going down with the Ingram boat. It might sink, but you know, if, if it stays afloat it's going to be beautiful.
0: And then when he goes to a new team, we're going to eventually we're going to be like, "He's the new situation, the change, you know, the change of scenery, it's going to be good for him. Evan Ingram's going to blow up this year." We're, we're going to be that guy.
2: <laughs> Watch, he's, he's going to go to the Chiefs in 2022 and and he's going to catch 80 passes. They're going to do like a Kelsey Ingram two-tight end set and they're just going to kill it.
0: Well, the the 49ers actually, you know, you say that it's funny. The 49ers actually called last offseason like they they were in yeah. the, they were big in the market for another tight end. Like that was Kyle's and yeah. like John Lynch's plan like to try and yeah. get the double tight end. And say cuz they, you know, they didn't have that dominant wide receiver now they did a good job filling that that you know, some of those wide receiver spots. But yeah, they were looking for a guy to put next to Kittle and run a, a ton of two tight end of really good, you know, receiving tight ends and sort of looking to exploit the market that way. Who was the big free agent that yeah. signed with Cleveland? What was his name? From the uh, which one? Last Austin. Oh, tight end. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. They were in on Austin Hooper. They called for him. This is interesting.
2: So Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's, if you can get your yeah, offense look at set up Patriots. that way, you can dominate. Right. Yeah. That's what the Patriots are trying to do right now.
0: Yeah. They're going to try and play that two tight ends. So it's interesting. The Giants are going to play a ton of two tight end too. I mean, Kyle Rudolph, was an offseason addition. Evan Ingram, they have Levine Tui Lolo and, and Caden Smith. Yeah. So that's a lot of tight ends who have played in the NFL. You know, they're that are four actual real players in the NFL, not great players, but
2: right. Cause it's such a, it can still be a, like it, for the good athletes, you can almost be a positionless player now. You can be a tight end, but you can be more of a weapon. You can go out wide. And so I think like the thought is if you get two really good tight ends on the field, then you force, uh, if they can catch the ball, you force teams to have to play nickel. And then all of a sudden they're smaller, you know, and so you can use your size to win. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, a trending model. You're right. I can see why Sam Fran would want to do that.
0: Well, let's move into the draft. Kyle Pitts is one of those guys, obviously. So uh, you, are you in the boat that Kyle Pitts has basically a 0% chance to make it to the giants at 11?
2: Yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, look, let's leave a wiggle room at 2%. Okay. Uh, that, I mean like I'm going with one. Know. Okay.
0: I, I'm going to go with 1%. Right. Right.
2: I talked to a GM who thought his floor was 15 and I said, you're crazy because <laughs> it's, that's just not going to happen. I mean, I think um, there's a good chance Atlanta takes him at four. I wouldn't say a good chance, but I said, it's on, you know, it's on the table. Um, but among all the pass catchers, like he'd be the, le- he and Jamar chase, I think would be the least likely to fall. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I think, I think, Pitts' floor, if he were to fall, it would be Dallas at 10. You know, Dallas wants to go defense, but if he falls to him, I think they'd take him.
0: Right. Yeah, no, no. He's he's not making it to 11. I, I asked around the league, and I'm, I'm curious, what do you think? So, which players, non-quarterbacks, okay, have no chance to make it to the Giants, okay? So, let, let's say we have, you know, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback to start. There's going to be another yeah. quarterback at least probably in the top 10, so at least four. Right. So, there's six other picks, right? Which right. of those six picks, all right, have zero percent like who's who like who is net and has no chance to make it? I mean, you just mentioned Pitts. We'll put him in yep. that category, right? You you said uh who so who else? Who else do you thinking? think? And then I'll tell you what the answers I got were.
2: I mean, I think Jamar Chase will be top ten. Chase gone, right? But, he was those I think down, Chase sure. and Pitts are gone. Uh-huh. Right. But I I anything that, like with Devontae Smith, uh Jalen Waddle, both those guys could fall for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think both those guys could be available. Um, Waddle to me is fascinating because, you know, I've talked to scouts who think he's the best player in the draft, um, <laughs> yeah, but he's got wild. the injury that's stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, so he could fall because of that. And and I keep hearing like, once again, the linemen are going to be prioritized and that could push. There's so many good pass catchers that could push him back more. So you could have one of so those. So any of those linemen, do you,
0: do you eliminate any of those linemen from 11? Like any of them have.
2: Oh yeah, Sewell will be gone. Yeah, will be okay. gone. And, and those three. I could
0: see, okay, go ahead.
2: No, sorry. I mean, I could see Slater gone too. Um, you I, see, I would. That's you know, that's like,
0: what the answers I got were. Like those three you just named, the, you know, Chase, Pitts, Sewell, were like everybody unanimous. Everybody, the you know, I, I yeah. just quick poll. I get five people around the league, and those five people all said those three gone. Slater was the one that was on the border where. Some people said he's gone. No chance he gets to 10, 11. And some people were kind of – so this seems to be the common sentiment. You're – exactly what you just said.
2: Right. Here's the problem, though. I think we saw it last year. The offensive tackles got pushed up. There were guys with second-round grades who went in the first. Yeah. And so – five or six of them, you know. And then you had Isaiah Wilson late in the first round getting picked. He's out of the league now. Yikes. So – It's going to happen again because you only have like three guys, if you include Darisol, the guy out of Virginia Tech, three guys that are like surefire top 20 tackles. So I I could see Slater going before 11 Mm -hmm. because of that. Like I think they're just going to get pushed up a little bit.
0: Well, you tell Um, me, you tell me, what would you rather have? Like if you have, if you're building your team, we've seen, you know, wide receiver is not the hardest position to fill. Offensive line is, especially tackles, significantly higher. Which is more premium position to you? I mean, right? I would I mean, go am I, wrong? I would
2: go Slater all day if I were the Giants. I just think he's going to be – he's like an all-pro type guy, you know? Like, he's going to be really good. Um, yeah. He can play guard or tackle. He's probably a little more refined than Penny Sewell is, even though Sewell's a little more dynamic. But, like, I mean, Slater is – and, you know, with Gettleman and his pedigree, I just can't see him passing on him if he's there. I really don't.
0: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's that's the intriguing one to me. Like, what happens with him? Does he make it to 11? Because if it does, that's that's quite. That that'll be a tough one. I agree to see the Giants pass on, even if Devonta Smith is there, even if uh, Jalen Waddles there. Like, you can get a good wide receiver in the second round. You're not going to get a a, a even comparable tackle in the second round to you know Rashawn Slater.
2: Right there's a drop off there after those top guys for sure. Like as far as the tackles, so there's some good ones, but like you can get one in the the second too. I mean, you can make an argument either way. I mean, these are the decisions that these GMs are making, right? Like in today's in today's game where the ball getting the ball in space is so important. Do you go and get weird with a guy like like Jalen Waddle and have fun and you know give Daniel Jones another weapon? I mean, I, I can see that argument. Um, I you know, I just think like you've already got some progress on the line, but you clearly need more, right? And and I don't know, is Andrew Thomas like a bona fide all-star? I don't know that yet. So um you, you
0: kind of got to, you could find you know, the, the space for, for a good offensive lineman. You know, like there, there's plenty of spots for you. You'll be all right. You've got a good offensive lineman. You'll make it work. Right. Yes,
2: exactly. I, I just, it's one of those positions. You just can't have it enough, you know? Um, and if he's, if he's there, I just think yeah, that that's where they go, but I could see it either way. And what, what about like, is there a wild card here with the giants like a Micah Parsons or something where they just, you know, Figure, hey, let's go defense and well, get, yeah. like, a well, great guy well, in the front seven. But
0: edge rusher, do you hear, like, do you, do you think, do you like best? Do you hear, like, people, maybe people think high, more highly of him than everyone else around the league? Because the Giants, their biggest weak spot, right, is going to be edge rusher. So, really, yeah. with the 11th pick, the likelihood is they have their pick of edge rusher. So, if they fall in love with somebody, maybe have them in that, you know, 10 to 12 range on their board and think it's good value. You know, I, Yeah, I mean, I could see that because it's bad. another – Jalen yeah, Phillips. I mean, he, he would be the guy, Pay. I
2: just, you know, you hear he's probably the consensus best guy there, um, at least from the scouts I've talked to. And so, but it's that's a tough one, right? Like because there's not a bona fide top 10 guy at that position this year. So, um, but do, so they do do they get pushed up draft boards for that reason? Or can you wait and figure the depth will, will help you get a good guy in the second? But it's such an important position. I think that's the one you gotta prioritize so you know just thinking out loud of the giants draft i think if you if you have slater there or if you have a really high grade on pay or uh you know the aziz out of out of georgia the one of those aziz, guys
0: Aziz yeah those yeah are those three guys i i think it would be between those three if there were one that they did right
2: those are all those are all good picks that i think you, you know you you could justify certainly
0: yeah also i mean moving back which dave gettleman has never done. To me, moves, makes the most sense. I mean, because right. you move back, let's say, to 16, 17. You could still probably get mm-hmm. the guy you want there or at least have a good shot and or get one of them, right, for sure, and then try and gain more draft capital, which I think is always valuable, especially in this show. But what's interesting here is that, you know, right now, the Cowboys draft 10. Yeah. The Giants draft 11 and the Eagles draft 12. So we got mm-hmm. NFC East back to back to back. Let's let's talk about that for a bit. What are we thinking is the likelihood for the Cowboys?
2: Yeah, so yeah, that's a fascinating trifecta there in the East for sure cuz I I think the Cowboys the, the sense I get asking around is they want to go defense. They're all in on Dan Quinn and helping him out and they know how bad they were in that side of the ball last year. They're going to have their pick of cornerbacks. Uh, all those top corners should be there at 10, I think. Um, so if you you know, if you go at Patrick Sertain the second, like it it's it's hard to knock that pick. Um,
0: yeah, it makes perfect sense for them for sure.
2: Right, and that would help the Giants. Now, the Eagles, and look, if Jerry Jones, if he's so enamored with Kyle Pitts that he has to move up, you can never really take that off the board. But they've been more sensible, I feel like the last few years. Um, and I don't think their phone's ringing all that much right now. Maybe closer to draft it, you know, they'll make a move, but I don't get the sense that they're thinking anything crazy right now. So that probably
0: helps. Make sure Jerry's preoccupied, you know, you have. Yeah. Se- put Give a little project. Table, to, uh, so, you know, put it, get the yacht close by some, something like that. Just keep Jerry busy for a few hours. the you know,
2: well, Zoom cut that. out, Jerry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that, I, I think that's a safe play for them. And so the Eagles to me are more of a wild card for the giants. Cause like we talked about this before the podcast, you know, like Howie Roseman's always looking for a deal. He's always sort of lurking. He's unafraid to put himself out there. So if he jumps, uh, tries to jump the giants to get the right playmaker, get a waddle or get a Devonte Smith. Like I wouldn't put it off the table.
0: Um, He's got to get through at least nine. though, right. I mean, you got to figure the giants won't flop with him. Right. And, and yeah, exactly. And then you got the Cowboys at 10 at that. So you're, now you're looking at, okay, if he jumps up, it's probably going to be the eight or nine.
2: Right. And who, who knows what uh, the Broncos are going to do. If they want to trade at nine, they might be looking to trade up. Right, for uh, You know, I've got a few execs. I think that the, the Broncos are the most uh, likely candidate to go up to get a quarterback if they really like one. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably not going to move back. Uh, I think the Panthers might be your best bet to move back.
0: Right, um, since they traded for their quarterback, at least and probably unlikely they go that route.
2: Right, they'll be looking for value. You know, they need tackle help. They need corner help. I mean, need a receiver. They could go a lot of routes. So, you know, for Howie to move up from 12 to 8 is, is a, a sizable jump. He's got some firepower to do it because he already moved back. Um, but then, like, you know, do they go bold enough to go get one of those quarterbacks? I don't know if it's worth. Moving up four spots to get a receiver—it's not the days like where Atlanta moved up for Julio Jones, where you have to do that anymore. I don't think, you know. So I—I
0: I don't know if it's if the risk reward is there. That's really the only kind of receiver it's even worth. I mean, you better hope that the guys Julio Jones, like, I don't know, unless unless like Jalen Waddle and and Devonta Smith to me, great play like great players, you know, open space kind of guys, but not guys I'm willing to go and trade and and send the farm for if I'm. Any of these teams to be quite honest, even the Giants, right? I mean, right, Pits unless, or Jamar 2 six, six, guys. four, two twenty, two thirty, and just a complete freak that's going to go jump over a guys' heads. Like, I'm not, I'm not willing to risk it all for a wide receiver. I, I think the wide, right. I'm with you. I think the wide receivers could end up dropping more than we think. The more, the more right. I sit but, here and think about it. But that's Kyle
2: Pitts, right? Like, that'd be the guy you'd move up for Pitts or uh, or Jamar Chase. I think those two would be probably worth it if you're going to do it.
0: Um, The interesting part is the league is so bad at identifying tight ends. It's not even funny. I mean, we're sitting here saying, and I know I've spoken to people too that just love pits, but the league in general has been very bad at identifying tight ends. The the best tight ends haven't even been, you know, these really high picks forever. I mean, yeah, it's a really strange position the way the NFL scouts it. It's just so have haven't been good at it.
2: Right. Yeah. I was doing the research on that uh, tight ends. I mean, it's like. I think only 13 guys since the merger have gone top 10 and the last top, the last fifth overall pick at tight end was like 1972. So like there's, there's not a precedent for a guy going really high.
0: Where did Vernon Davis um,
2: go? He was Vernon Davis went sixth in whatever, 2006, I think it was. Um, but you know, he's not the route runner that pits is. So like, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to be pits. I mean, he's just, He's, you know, he's a guy you use all over the field. I think teams recognize, okay, there's this is the best tight end film we've seen in 15, 20 years. Um, so you know, maybe the, maybe the the tight end evaluation process changes with him a little bit, you know. So yeah, I could see him going as high as four, but I could also see quarterbacks going one through five if it comes to that, you know, if like if there's just so much pressure this year, that knowing next crazy. year's draft class isn't as good. So if if quarterbacks go one through five, then you know you're set up where there could be some jockeying
0: to get up to get those players. That would be that would be wild if it went one through five. That would be really wild. Yeah, I
2: still think it's unlikely, but you know, I mean,
0: teams and can three, get. I, the, the likelihood is three out of five of them will probably bust out.
2: Yeah, at least.
0: Yeah, and and it's if, crazy if three of them are good are actually really good, legit. You, that's like a miracle.
2: Hmm. Yeah. The stats are shocking. Like I'm sure you've seen them like just the breakdowns of the guys either going one or two in the draft top 10 guys. Like, I mean, there's so many problems, so many roadblocks there, you know, it's just, you don't know what you're getting. I, have to- I think teams are going to do, they're going to start cycling through these guys. Like the Giants could do it next year. You draft a guy high, you give him three years on a rookie deal. You throw a bunch of money at other positions. And then when the three years are up, if you don't have a bona fide top five guy, you dump them and you go to the next guy.
0: I'm I've been a proponent of this for years. I've actually said that it after two years, you should know if a guy's a stud or not. Like you you don't you don't want just a good quarterback. Like if you don't think he's a top five, a potential top five quarterback, you should just keep, every every two years, just keep moving on until, yeah. until you get it. Because like, man, your chances of winning in today's NFL without one of those top guys is just it's tough. It's really, right. really tough. Right.
2: So. But like in, in Daniel Jones's case, I can see given a third year, just because they, you know, he, he probably didn't have enough last
0: year. Let's give yeah, him a chance with what we have.
2: Yeah. Give him a chance. You know, and if it doesn't work this year, obviously going got to move on.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a big year for him. Well, we're talking about quarterbacks. So first let me say, we were talking about potentially top five picks being quarterbacks. Number three is the 49ers. Are, are you of the belief that they're really going to take Mac Jones? I mean, it's hard for me to sit here and really believe that. And I know I keep hearing everything as well. And you hear all these rumblings, but like, man, really trading going to draft Mac Jones third overall.
2: <laughs> I've been asking myself that for two weeks and asking around that and just trying to figure all that out. And it's just, it's really tough. Cause it's um, the people who know Shanahan well say, look, the, the fit is obvious and he's it's, it's Matt Schaub and Matt Ryan all over again. And it's, you know, you get a guy who can run the play action and get rid of the ball in two seconds and make great decisions. And he's clearly I know the Niners feel this way that Mag Jones is the is the smartest quarterback in his draft, you know, above the shoulders. He's the best. Um, now, does that mean he's a first round talent even? Probably not. And team, some teams still don't even have first round talent. So do you move up nine spots to get a guy who's just not exotic. Probably not. Um, so but I don't know. The fit's so good that teams don't know what to think. Teams are trying to figure that out. I know that with Justin Fields and Trey Lance having a second pro days and the Niners being there, I know that's swaying some teams thinking that maybe, okay, maybe Mac Jones was a smokescreen and that they're going to give, you know, they're going to go with fields who, if you would have, if you would have mapped this out six months ago, fields would have been the obvious pick. Right. So um, I, I tend to think it's going to be fields. It's just, you know, there is a lot of Mac Jones buzz and you kind of have to decipher if you think it's true or not.
0: Yeah. Like we said, like, I just think you, I don't know. I want to I want to dream of uh, if I'm trading up and trading all these players that I'm going to get the top three to five quarterback in the league at some point. And then I want someone who could basically have just be so dynamic and amazing. Like I want Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's, or at least someone right. like a dream is Patrick Mahomes, which I think you probably could do with Fields and you probably could do with Trey Lance. And I, I'm not I can't do that with Mac Jones. So I don't know. I'm just sitting here the whole time, scratching my head. Like, are they really going to do that now? And you look at the Washington right. football team now, also, right? They're in the middle middle of the draft. Yeah, I think they're 15. No, they uh, yes. no, are more than. Save me at the playoff. Higher, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll look it up in a second. Uh, but what, what what's your take on them? Is is a quarterback in their future? Are they going to roll with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is that where we're headed? I know, I know that's the, the plan for this year but are they really not going to set themselves up for the future? They're still going to be stuck without a quarterback in the future.
2: So I, I think they'll see what kind of value they can get a quarterback. And I think they'll take one somewhere. Here's my prediction. I think they'd go with somebody like a Kellen Mond, right? Cause you, you're wherever you're sitting in the draft in the first round, you're probably not going to get one of those top five guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but day two, you can get a guy who started a lot of games for your starter, a complete opposite of Dwayne Haskins. Who was a bust, you know. Started the one year in college and then was a bust. We saw Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, same thing. One year in college as a starter, not enough experience. Kind of showed on the field in the NFL. So like Chicago, Washington, those are two teams I could see going for a guy like Elmont. Um, you know where there's upside there, good athleticism and arm strength. Didn't show at all in college, but also like managed a lot of wins and games over four years. Like that, I think that's attractive to some of these teams as a day two guy. You know, like somewhere second or third round so in the meantime um, they, could, they would, could
0: build as good a team as they want right there and they're not really going to be going anywhere until they get a real quarterback so that, that you know
2: yeah that's true but i mean fitzpatrick he, you know like the problem with him is you don't know 16 games that you're going to get but you know for certain games you're going to get lights out you're going to get 400 yards like he's going to be throwing it all over the place so you know like I, that's kind of intriguing to me i think you give him a year see what he can do
0: I mean, yeah, for the year I'm fine with that. But I, if I'm if I'm a Washington football team fan, I want to have something planned for the future. I want to be set up for the future. I mean, that's the it's the only position that essentially you know it, that matters. If you don't have it, you really don't have any chance to win a Super Bowl or get deep in the playoffs. I mean, I'm not I'm not kind I'm not I'm not the biggest Ryan Fitzpatrick guy. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> I see that. I mean, like um, you said, like you said, he's good for like stretches. He'll be, you know, he, yeah. he'll be good for like a three game, four game stretch. But I mean, 16 long term, not a buyer.
2: Draft a guy. Yeah. Draft, draft Kellen Monn, sit him for a year and start him in 22. I don't know. That's that's not the sexy plan, but it didn't work out for them this year. Like Deshaun wasn't available. They struck out on Matt Stafford. I thought they were going to go harder on Sam Darnold, to be honest. Um, and they did. I know they were intrigued by that. They just didn't go all the way with it. So, um, so yeah, it is what it is, but I, I think, uh, I think they'll draft somebody top three rounds,
0: and which, which to me makes, and I know Giants fans listening to this, they're going to hate me for saying this to me. Like when I look at the NFC East, I say, all right, who's the favorite for the division? I look at the Cowboys and I say, they have the best quarterback in the division by a pretty wide margin right now. I'm so to me, they're the favorites. I mean, I mean, Washington has Fitzpatrick who is, Good enough at this point to to win some games with, for sure. The Giants have Daniel Jones, Juries out. And the Eagles have Jalen Hurts. I mean, basically, essentially a, a rookie, right? I mean, yeah, played a handful of games. So, to me, the Cowboys would be the favorite. We're, we're, you agree or disagree with that? Mm, I don't know if
2: I'm ready to go all the way there yet. I mean, we give the Cowboys so much credit for just having good offensive players, but that clearly has not been enough. I know Dak yeah. got hurt last year and it is what it is, but um, I'm, you know what? I'm going go to go the giants. I'm going to go to the giants right now. Look at the
0: up, suck up to the crowd here.
2: Nope. Bobby. Nope. I like it. Joe judge. I think he's going to put his, his stamp on year two. In fact, I don't, I don't wonder if he doesn't have some draft influence this year. Some moves they make are Joe judge signature moves. Maybe well, a trade back. Trade you mentioned back. trading back.
0: If they trade back, you got to assume that Joe Judge is a big part of that. No, I mean, Gettleman has never done it, ever, in 54 (laughs) selections, ever traded back. And the Patriots. Maybe they do it this year. The Patriots. And I think, uh,
2: I mean, every game they lost, most games they lost were by like 1.4 points, right? Like every game felt close. So I just think maybe they bridge some of those gaps again.
0: Yeah, I mean, look. It's all a projection, obviously. But if Daniel Jones plays well, this team could be really good. The question is how how good can he be, and what level of a player is he? We're in, we're going to have to find out. That that's their fate rests in Dan- Daniel Jones. I mean, that, that to me, that's what where it stands. Like they could be, if Daniel Jones is an average quarterback, they're a pedestrian team. If he could be a good quarterback, they'll be a good team. Well, what's average though? Because like last year, he was probably below average. He was below average. Like,
2: if averages like the Andy Dalton Mendoza line, like the
0: you know, like the Kirk could like is, 24 and 12. Oh, yeah. If he, if he
2: does 24 and 12, 26 then they, they and
0: 12, East.
2: right? If he goes 26 and 12, 4,000 yards, they
0: win the East. Okay. I don't, I don't disagree with that. If I need to see him do it, obviously, and not, you know, that, that can't include 12 touchdown interceptions, but like, you no, know, the 12 fumbles, you know, but, right. yeah. You know, I, no, I agree. I mean, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It's all, it's all a projection. And I do think he'll be better. I mean, you're adding, you're giving him Saquon Barkley and, and Kenny Galladay, who just, you know, you're adding those two players to your offense. Just, just those two alone. If you take it from a big picture, you add those two guys, you should be significantly better.
2: Right. And you just gave Adoree Jackson 26.5 million guaranteed. That's going to put you over
0: the top right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Look, they're better. There, we could sit here and joke about the money and the amount that they paid for those guys. But I and this is what I say and, and I don't really worry about money too much in general with the NFL yeah. cuz I have people who get out all these deals. I have right. people who run caps and they always tell me like don't don't worry about we don't even worry. we don't really worry about cap that much. I mean this year they did more because this was just, this was a outlier year, right? The first time in and this is a, this is the one out of 50 years that it's just the the cap went down, there was a pandemic, they lost 4 billion dollars the league in revenue like this is the yeah. one out of 50 years that you really don't plan for because, uh, you know, yeah. who plans for the the one out of 50? But uh, they're a better team, the Giants. Like Those guys are upgrades from what they had before. Significant upgrades. Gallaty yeah. compared to Golden Tate at this point in his career. And Adoree Jackson, you're putting him in over guys like they had five guys start at that position, none of who are NFL starters. Okay, so
2: right. I mean, they're big. A, a secondary of Bradbury, Peppers, Logan Ryan, Adore Jackson, and Xavier McKinney is pretty good.
0: It is pretty good. Better rush the passer. They've Still got to rush the passer. That's that's the key. They could rush the passer. That defense is gonna be really good. Like, yeah, take it to take it to like the next level. Good. I really believe. It. I don't know who's gonna rush the passer though. I know mm-hmm. that's a problem. Well, whoever they get in this draft, that's who's gonna rush the passer. They need yeah. that. They're yeah. gonna need that guy to come in and be a factor year one, which is a tough ask. I mean, that's not an easy, it's not an easy ask. It's a position generally that takes some time for guys to blossom. No doubt. All right, let's play a little game, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Let's play a little draft rewind. I'm going to let you be Dave Gettleman. Put on your Dave Gettleman pants. Jack them up above your belly button, okay? Pull your your socks up. Get your glasses. Put them on the bridge of your nose, okay? 2018. We're going to go back to 2018. Play a little draft rewind. You got the number two pick. This is – we're, we're going to be complete revisionist history. Let you sit there, be the armchair quarterback guy. What are you doing in 2018? You got the number two overall pick, the Giants draft Saquon. The options, obviously, you know, we're not going to include Lamar Jackson because that wasn't really realistic, right? I know he ended up right. playing. It. But you got your options there were like Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, uh, yeah. Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, trade down. You get a chance to go back in time. What are you doing there with that two pick?
2: Well, this is this is easy, right? I mean, like, <laughs> where's the challenge here? It's Josh Allen. Okay. What am well, I missing? You,
0: you know, some of the options are you could trade back, add more picks, get Quentin Nelson, and then get the quarterback in one of these next two drafts because we're about to get the 19 and 20.
2: Right. So if I was picking second that year, knowing what the climate was, taking Josh Allen second would have, would have, brought a little heat on my chair, right? Like, that would have been a pretty bold move at the time.
0: Um, yeah, but, I, you know, not any less than he did the next year when he took Daniel Jones. Well, I mean, right. It would have been yeah, in a better shape because Josh Allen would have been, okay, he's raw. He's from, you know, North Dakota or whatever, Idaho, sorry. He's no, from Idaho. He gets a city year behind Eli Manning. You know, he's a good, perfect developmental prospect, blah, 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 blah. I, right. I don't. I don't think the uh, out, you would have gotten crushed for that. I really don't. Right. And see, at the time, I did like Darnold a lot.
2: Like yeah, I, I thought. So.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was. You know what I mean? Like I, at the time, I wasn't I on the was gonna... you know pulling for the Josh Allen thing. Like uh, as a, this guy's an absolute no doubt slam dunk stud. He uh, definitely. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Not gonna lie about that.
2: Right. I just thought Darnold's game would translate well with the mobility and throwing off off the run and all that. So I at the time I would probably I would probably go Darnold.
0: Okay, but but now since uh, we're we're sitting here, where complete complete revisionist history.
2: Yeah, the Josh Allen quarterback. are sure. going <laughs> Josh
0: Allen. All right. I'm so now Hall. in 2019, you get the number six pick. All right. So we're taking quarterback out of there. Now you're sitting yeah. there. It wasn't wasn't a, g- a great draft otherwise. So you're sitting there. You got Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen. Now so maybe you might double up on Josh Allen. So you might have Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Rashad yeah. Gary, Devin Bush. Uh, I mean, th- these are. These are some of the options you're sitting there. You're sitting there. You're picking number six the next year. Yeah. Where are you going now that you already have Josh Allen, Mr. Quarterback, Josh Allen. Hmm. Let me see here. Let me see. Let me look here. Uh, the options aren't amazing by the way, you know, yeah. it's, it's not like uh, they, they, they picked uh, Jones at six and uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes was sitting there at seven at that point. I mean, so I
2: can't go Devin White because he went five to Tampa, right? Right, right. You can go okay, Devin so.
0: Bush, though, who was a good player. I know he tore his knee this past year, but he was a really good yeah. player. I might, I might, might go Devin like Bush. Or something. I, I would or go maybe. Bush, yeah. I just I think mean, that kind of at athlete. the rest of that first round, and it's not, not overly impressive. Yeah. That, Devin Bush can, like, anchor your entire defense. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have the other Josh Allen, the pass rusher, T.J. Hawkinson, and yeah. Oliver, Devin Bush, Jonah Williams. Um, some of the other guys in the first one, Brian Burns is a pretty good player. Jeffrey Simmons. Oh yeah.
2: Burns is a good one. I'd, I'd still go Bush though. I think even though he tore like he's going to be a top five linebacker.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, the he was huge when they lost him. Obviously he was guy who could play when they lost him in Dupree. That's that's when I think they just, that was too much for them to overcome. They weren't, they oh, weren't no, going to no. be a dominant defense anymore. So then you get to 2020. Now you've got Josh Allen, Who's the quarterback of your offense? Devin Bush, who's the quarterback of your defense, and you're picking number four overall. Now, yep. this is a good draft. You're probably going in that offensive tackle situation, although I guess there's other options.
2: Worfs. I'm going Worfs all day. Worfs? Oh, wait a minute. Actually, you got
0: Makai Becton too, though. Hmm. hmm. You got Worfs. You got Beckton. Uh, CD Lamb is obviously really good. Uh, I mean, they, they Derek really was did. A good the Giants player, messed
2: but... around and took the worst tackle The four, Did they not say that again? Did the Giants not take the worst tackle out of the four out of the four best tackles?
0: We could say that he got better as the year went along. Wills was, he's probably comparable to Wills after year one, okay. I think. But yeah, I mean, you could easily make that argument off the way he played. Yeah. He, he probably played, especially early in the year, worse than the other three tackles.
2: Well, There's yeah, I, top yeah, because I don't want to slam the kid. I'm just saying, like, out of out of the four tackles after year one, he's third at
0: best. After year one, he yes, he's third at best. Okay, I think I think I think that's a that's a fair comment. Doesn't mean he's necessarily going to be long term the worst of the four. Right, right, right. I, I wouldn't go there yet. I would here's, go. <laughs> here was the other option with this whole exercise: was Justin Herbert end up going six here? So you could have maybe passed on Josh yeah. Allen the first time. And gone the route of getting Quentin Nelson and trading down if that's the way you wanted to go and then go and, and bring in her and getting Herbert later on down the road. Right. The Giants' right. hope was actually to get Herbert in 2019. It just didn't work out. He didn't come out of the draft. Yeah, that's costly, huh? Kind of screwed him. Yeah, big time. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is quite costly. Uh, it, I'm going it, to go Makai Beckton. I'm going to go Beckton. He's going he's to be like a, like a top, top tackle.
0: You you he's like you think creep. you just think Becton's ceiling even still is, is above where Worfs is, huh? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think yeah. I mean Wirfs is right there. Worfs is really good. It's just he's on a better team. And he's playing on the right side where Beckton's like, plug in left tackle, let him dominate. Yeah.
0: Well, you you got a pretty good team right there then. You know? You're gonna be looking Yeah, looking I, kinda good I kinda played it safe.
2: Kind of played it safe. I should have traded back. <laughs> trade back got some value, but it you is were, what it is. You were
0: really feeling the Gettleman, though, that you don't trade back. It's not it's not it's not it's not how you operate. You just see yeah, the best guy. Yeah, take see, the guy. Best player see guy, available. get guy.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> take a running back.
0: <laughs> Gotta get All the right. running back high. All right. You can pull your pants down now. You can you can take the glasses off. Did not even wear glasses? I know I keep I saying so. that. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if he wears glasses. Anyway, but I appreciate <laughs> you coming on, Jeremy. Always fun. We we will we'll we'll do this again sometime soon. Uh you know, because I need you because you, you are the guy who's the, uh, the giant expert. You, you nailed – that was that's your team. You're the giant guy. You nailed Kenny Galladay.
2: Yep, it's in my bio now.
0: Giant not expert. Not that you're certainly the only one. <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's a funny. point.
2: I appreciate you having me on, man. That was yeah. fun.
0: We'll do it again soon. Appreciate it, man. Anytime. Thanks, Jordan. On to the next one.
1: Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Let's move on to the Jordan on the Beat portion of this episode. This is the segment where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work as a reporter for ESPN, or covering the NFL in general, and I should kind of give you a little look inside into how the magic is made from the reporting side of things. So, we're going to go over the 2017 NFL draft. That's the one where the Giants had interest in none other than Patrick Mahomes, or at least some people in the Giants did. Now, I might have told this story before, and if, you, if you've heard it before and you don't want to listen, you could fast forward, like, subscribe to this episode, move on to the next one, right? If you want to hear it, stay tuned. Here's how it goes. So, I believe it's after the owner's meeting. So only one person from the Giants coaching staff or front office goes to Patrick Mahomes' pro day. That one person... Is Ben McAdoo. Now, remember, the Giants picked 21st in this draft. Patrick Mahomes ended up going 10th overall. Now, Ben McAdoo loves, falls in love, right, with, with, with Patrick Mahomes. He sees the potential there, says, if you can cut out some of the ridiculous, crazy throws that Patrick Mahomes was making at Texas Tech, their talent is there that if, thing, if you coach him up and things turn out right, he could be the best player in the league. Now, it wasn't a slam dunk. There was there was risk to it, obviously. Like you know, his game was flawed in college. But the traits were there that the potential okay, this guy could turn out to be a legendary great player. Which is what happened, right? He's the best player in the league pretty much right now. You you can argue Aaron Rodgers, him, whatever, a few others, Aaron Donald. But he's up there. He's that good. Now, McAdoo's in love with him. Okay. So I believe so I believe is Mike Sullivan, the quarterback coach at the time. So they're, you know, they love him, but the Giants draft 21st and the front office at that time, you know, led by Jerry Reese, Mark Ross running the draft and even the ownership, you know, Chris Mara's involved and uh, some, some of the other big names that have say in the Giants organization, most of them are not in love with Patrick Mahomes, at least not to the degree that Ben McAdoo is not to the degree of knowing they'd have to trade up and give up significant. A significant package to get up to get Patrick Mahomes. So, draft day comes, and I believe it's the, the the Thursday of draft day. And Anita Marks, who works for us here at ESPN, reports that the Giants are interested in in Patrick Mahomes, trying to trade up. So I'm thinking at the time I had spoken to some other people in the organization, and they weren't in love with Patrick Mahomes. So I'm like, that's that's kind of strange. That's kind of strange. I can't imagine the Giants wanting to trade up for him. So I believe. I I reached out to McAdoo at the time, I, I think it was. I think I even got an email back from Ben saying that that's not true, that they they, they weren't, not that they didn't like him as a player, because obviously Ben did. He loved him as a player, and Ben would have loved for, he maybe was pushing the, the, the organization to trade up, but that they weren't at the time, and this was like an hour before the draft, trying to trade up for Patrick Mahomes. So maybe they, they had, Maybe he had tried to push them to trade up. Maybe he wanted them to trade up, but it, it wasn't going to happen. You know, the, the, the Giants weren't universally in love with him. And think about it for a second. The general manager, who in this case was Jerry Reese, didn't even go to the guy's pro day. So for them to then be sold on a quarterback and trade up for him would have been wow. And then drafted him would have been wow. That would have been a wow move. I mean, seriously, think about that for a second. So they didn't necessarily try, or at least try hard to trade up for him, despite maybe some people in the organization saying they should, we should try and get this guy. But no move is eventually ever made. The Chiefs trade up for him, get into the 10 spot of that draft, select Patrick Mahomes, and the rest is history. The Giants, I'm sorry to break your heart, Giants fans, this this one is going to hurt, I know. They stay at 21. And they take Evan Ingram, who right now is like sort of the whipping boy. Everybody, no, Everybody's mad at Evan Ingram. They, he stinks, he can't play, he drops everything, blah, blah, blah. Which I think is overblown a little bit at this point. But still, not a fair trade off. Now, granted, one is pick 10 and one is pick 21. Huge difference. But that's kind of the way it went down there. And so, even though McAdoo wanted to probably trade up for and try and get Patrick Mahomes or whatever, get him any way possible it wasn't going to happen and the giants despite their head coach loving the player you know that's not the way they work there's no, there's nobody with that much power especially when there's a general manager in place and the general manager is select ultimately making the pick for players it was never going to happen so no patrick mahomes and here we sit what 4 years later giants have now picked uh, second sixth fourth and 11th overall I would have say that Ben McAdoo on this one probably would have been right. Probably wanted to, would have wanted to have traded up for Patrick Mahomes and given anything and traded anything that they could to get that guy. But it's a lot easier for us to say these things. And again, we're doing it again with, uh, in the earlier segment with, with Jeremy uh, sitting there armchair quarterbacking the draft. Yeah, of course, it's easy to do it after the fact. The reality is guys are going to hit and miss in the draft all the time. You just have to hit on some big ones. You just have to have, uh, you know, a 50, you hit a fifty percentile even in the first or second round, and you're you know you're gonna be doing really well. But it's got to be you got to get some big ones in there. You got to have some big hits. That's that's what we're looking like with the Giants right now. They're only gonna be good if Gettleman has some big hits, right? Saquon, uh, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, like they need some of these guys to develop into pro perennial pro bowlers, all pros somewhere, some way, shape or form. Otherwise, it's gonna be it's going to be a tough ride. But that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Lou. We got a couple more draft episodes for you before the draft actually arrives. So come back. Stay tuned. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends, email me, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse. I don't know. I'm, I just, whatever I'm naming. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. These too many social media platforms. But you know where you can reach me. Feel free to reach out, throw me draft questions. I'll have a a Giants After Dark. I'll answer your questions soon. That's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time.